And welcome on in, everybody, to the Check Your Brain podcast. Here, wherever you are listening to this, this is a free podcast going out wherever you get your podcast, and it's also on Patreon, like, two hours before it goes for free. So, if you heard it when you did, you, you got in early. You got in early with uh, from the rest of us, so... Thank you for listening and subscribing. If you are listening to this for free, go check out my Patreon. If you like what you hear, it's just five bucks a month. I put out uh, probably about, I'd say upwards of about 20 to 25 podcasts a month. So you're thinking about a quarter a podcast. One quarter for a podcast. Sounds pretty good to me. But if you don't, you just want to listen to the free podcast, that's fine. Trust me, I listen to a lot of free podcasts and I don't subscribe to many of them. So... Hey, come check us out. We got a uh, Patreon. Oh, good for you. I'm not going to listen to that. I just like the free shit. I get it. I totally get it. So I thank you for listening regardless. Uh, I am Tony Mazur, exiled radio personality who does podcasts now and uh, works a real job. So a uh, couple of things. Uh, by the way, I started that podcast here with Mutt by Blink-182. I'm recording this on Tuesday, October 11th, and this was the day they announced that Blink-182 is getting back together with the classic lineup of Mark, Tom, and Travis, and going on the road with special guests Turnstile and Rise Against coming next, uh, I think, in 23 and 2024. So, yay, I can't wait to not go to that show. What, what are you, five? What are you, 13? You gotta go see Blink-182. The old Jim Florentinisms. Yeah, no, I, I look. I okay. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that because it sounds contradictory. Go see them. Go see concerts. Go see comedy shows. Go see Broadway plays and other types of live performances because you don't know if they're gonna take this all away again. Hey, remember that year that bled into another year, which was 2020, and it bled into the next year, which was 2021. And for I think a minimum for most people they didn't go see a concert or see an in-person sporting event for upwards of 15 months. And if you did, you had to wear a mask, you had to show proof of a vaccine, you had to keep six feet of social distance, which means we have to close off entire sections and seats. Go see them. Go. It, it's not Blink-182, I liked them when I was 12. When I was 13, I saw them when I was 14 with Green Day. And by the way, Green Day blew them up out of the water. Green Day was so much better than Blink-182 that night that it, it didn't even belong in the same stage. So, go for it. Go see them. Just, I'm going to stay home that night. I think they're coming to my neck of the woods in Cleveland, I think like in May, and I'm going to skip it. So, whatever. Other news, before I get to the news, I'm doing later this week an Ask Me Anything, an AMA, if you will, so make sure you send those on Patreon, or you can DM me or whatever on, you know where I'm at on social media. I have a pretty distinct name, Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R, or subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. And just send me questions, anything, about what happened in my radio career. Will I ever get back into doing it? About my personal life, about my sex life. <laughs> anything you want to know, send it my way. And I will answer it in a podcast later on this week when I have the time and get enough questions to fill out a full podcast. All right, how about we start this thing, this podcast, which is called Check Your Brain. And uh, on uh, Tuesday morning, 
it was announced that Tulsi Gabbard has left the Democrat Party. Who announced it? Well, it was Tulsi Gabbard herself came out and basically said, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm done with the Democrat Party. This ain't happening anymore. I'm done. Uh, this is just, and she's going to tell you here, and I'm, I'm stalling until I get the uh, audio. There it is. This is what happens when you get things from Twitter. Just the audio fucking blows. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Ooh, yeah. First of all, God, is she gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Oh, my God. Is she just... Anyways, well, you're just sexualizing her. No, no, no. She's got great ideas, too. She's also gorgeous. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard. This is the interesting thing about Tulsi is she let me down a couple of times during her presidential run, her ill-fated of 2020. She went up against Hillary Clinton and Hillary essentially called her a Russian agent, said that Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian agent. This is, and I'm going to get to Russia here in a little bit, is that we're talking about a woman who did serve and, and served several times and came back as a non-interventionalist is is somebody who is for abolishing all of these wars and abolishing the military industrial complex and what is she brought where's the pushback it's usually come from both sides who participate in that aforementioned military industrial complex Tulsi Gabbard the problem with her was she's essentially a libertarian but lean to democrat now I've been listening to some podcasts, and I've heard recently the crack on libertarians. And I've talked about this with Adam Nutter on his podcast and my podcast, about the, the state and the fate of the Libertarian Party. Dennis Prager recently talked about this on his show, and I know, uh, what was it, um, Stephen Crowder and Alex Jones were discussing libertarians. And this is how I felt, and this is why I don't consider myself a libertarian. I'm, con I'm considered lowercase l libertarian on certain measures, but this is why I am a, what I call a, what, are, what is called a paleoconservative, more of a Pat Buchananite as opposed to a true dyed-in-the-wool libertarian. What bothered me about the Libertarian Party for a while 
is they never got involved in the culture war. They decide to go again. They say, no, it's not, it's not worth it. There's no reason to talk about it. Conservatives didn't fight the culture war, and that's why they woke up 60 years later and said, wow, why are all the boys girls and the girls boys? What, what happened? Why, why is every commercial hating white people? Why is everything this, this, and this? And you go, oh, that's because you didn't fight the culture war in the 70s and the 80s and into the 90s, that you just thought those kids that went to college were getting meaningless degrees and would grow up working at Blockbuster Video. Well, guess what? Blockbuster really doesn't exist anymore, and they all got jobs working in HR and other dangerous fields, they're, or they're teachers, or they're members of the media. So those meaningless jobs weren't really that meaningless, and you lost a lot of cultural battles. They've played the ground game and they've played the long game for a long time, the progressives. So I'm glad people are fighting back against it, but it took a long time. And libertarians, for whatever reason, have just decided to not participate in the culture war unless it's talking about marijuana. Well, you know, Joe Biden had a good idea about decriminalizing marijuana. Yeah, I'm f okay. okay. He, you realize he's bribing you. He's bribing people because... Joe Biden and the Democrats know they're getting their asses handed to them in November, in exactly four weeks from today when I'm recording this. They're going to get blown out. So what do they do? They have to pander. They have to bribe their base to come out to the polls. That's why six, seven weeks ago, they announced that student debt forgiveness. That's why last week they're going to decriminalize some parts of marijuana. Kamala Harris says, oh, people shouldn't be going to... People shouldn't be going to prison for a joint. Really, because you put them there, you dope. <laughs> how, how dense can you be? Or they know they're being hypocritical, and they're fine with it. The, uh, Kamala Harris, who, is a, uh, who, who would throw petty marijuana, people in, in, behind bars for petty marijuana crimes, is now going on Seth Meyers talking about, yeah, we shouldn't be locking people up for marijuana. You're the one who did it, you bitch! <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, my God. But that's the problem is that the Libertarian Party for such a long time, they were even further down the road of the culture war than conservatives, where they would say, look, we're not getting involved in those pesky culture wars. We are talking a little more about Austrian economics. And, you know, we, you know, as, as Hoppe once said, and, you know, when you go back to a, looking at the works of Murray Rothbard, yeah, no, that's great. But... You, this is why you're losing. It's because you're losers. You're always... I'm not saying they're losers as in horrible, awful people. They have great ideas. Libertarian think tanks like the Mises Institute are unbelievable. The LP is changing a little bit. I'm, I'm happy about that, especially coming out of New Hampshire. But my God, I mean, it really is. It's either controlled opposition or they have a fetish for getting their asses kicked. And you can't keep putting out Gary Johnson and Bill Weld and Joe Jorgensen to th and think that, oh, this is what we're going to have to go against. And what does it do? As Dennis Prager said recently, it's splitting Republican votes. So if you're if you're somebody who is a dying-the-world libertarian, I understand not wanting to vote a Republican. Trust me, I don't vote. I haven't voted since Ron Paul in 2012. However, if you're going to look down that road, what you can do... Understand that you're, the Libertarian Party is largely not getting people on the left anymore. The left are going so far left that the Libertarian Party looks like the Nazi Party compared to what the... And I, I don't like bringing up Godwin's Law, but I'm just using a quick 
example here. They're making it seem like they're so far outside of the, Liber or the Overton window that libertarians are just like, hey guys, we just don't want wars and, you know, we, uh, we uh, want pot legalized here. You go, and it's, that's considered radical now not wanting to go to war. Why is it that the left, the anti-war people from 20 years ago, the Cindy Sheehan types, are now in favor of us going to nuclear war with this Armageddon as Joe his Armageddon between Ukraine and Russia? Why, why do I care? I know I'm talking about a lot of stuff here at the beginning. It's kind of a lot of word salad that I'm throwing out there, but this is why it bothered me about Tulsi Gabbard a few years ago when she's running because she could have decided to, to keep going with this and try to split the Democrat vote. And she didn't. She, I, I don't remember who she supported. Did she support Joe Biden? I, I honestly, I don't remember, but she disappointed me in a lot of ways. Uh, so I'm glad that she is leaving the Democrat party. It's about four, four to five years too late, but good on her for leaving because clearly the Democrat party is pro-war pro-Ukraine, anti-nuclear uh, family, anti-value, system of values in America. They're pro-transing the kids. Remember, the Democrats today, they said, we're not radical. We just think, we just believe health care should be free and, and anyone can get an abortion up until, uh, you know, 17 months outside the womb. I, I'm exaggerating, but uh, am, I, am I exaggerating? Who knows? The, the Democrat Party is just, it's lost. It's completely lost right now because they're so radical. And what it's doing is it's bringing their supposed middle-of-the-road people over to the far left. Joe Biden, I've talked about this many times on my Patreon podcast. I'm not sure how many times on my free podcast. So my patrons who normally listen to this probably are sick of me talking about this. But Joe Biden was never considered a... Like a, 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 it, all, all he was was a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat. That wherever the center of the Democrat Party was at the time, that's where Joe Biden is. So Joe Biden was in the early 90s the tough-on-crime Democrat. And then as his party started really going off to the left, especially in the 2000s, and, and it, definitely by the time Barack Obama came around with this hopey-changey stuff, that... He uh, he started going to the left, and then now you see where the heart of the Democratic Party is from the squad, the AOCs of the world, and the Ilhan Omars, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley, and the rest of them, Cori Bush, that Joe Biden has to operate like Bernie Sanders now. So Bernie Sanders, who is, and, and Dennis Kucinich, who 10 years ago were considered wackadoodle far leftists, are pretty mainstream Democrats now, by comparison. And it's really kind of sad. And that's where you have Kamala Harris. So here's the big debate, is if Joe Biden, if something happens to him, whether it's he decides he wants to step down, or the Grim Reaper has the sword of Damocles and the, you know, the cleaver hanging above him, <laughs> who knows? I'm just saying that he's turning 80 pretty soon, and he's not a healthy 80. He's looking and sounding pretty bad. Uh, for example, Trump over the weekend at one of his rallies, this was hilarious. I, I have to play this. Just the amount of gaffes that you're hearing from Joe Biden. Now, I've talked about them a lot. And Biden, who last week did the, he did one of the great Biden gaffes of all time, 
which was, and you know, America, and you listen to these two words, made in America. And so Lauren Boebert over the weekend said, I've got two words for you, Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. And all of these blue check marks all over the place, like, she can't spell, uh, you know, that's three words, you moron. She baited you. But here's the problem. They don't care what Joe Biden says. They're not going to listen. They just want any chance they can get to dunk on a conservative like Lauren Boebert, who has, by the way, her and Marjorie Taylor Greene have way more balls, way more balls than anybody on the conservative side anyways. Why is it that the women are actually stepping up and doing something? So tr- uh, Trump over the weekend played a little bit of a highlight reel, a supercut, if you uh, if you will, of Joe Biden's gaffes. And this is just, it's hilarious. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Let's get ready to bumble! I think it's a right for people that have bad and kept care. Chewing it and I suffered depression. God, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Y'all ready for this? I was going to put him in foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the, you know the thing. If you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... By the way, I got to say the... You, you know the thing. That was like a couple of years ago. And if you know anybody who's going through the throes of dementia and Alzheimer's, that may as well have been a decade ago. Just two years ago. Listen to a Joe Biden. Remember he did the corn pop thing, which was three years ago. It was 20, September of 2019. And he's there in Delaware. You know, corn pop was a bad dude. And kids playing with my leg hair. And you're like, this is really creepy. And then it gets to the point where it's October of 2022. This man is so far off the reservation. And then you listen to these speeches. How, if you're a Democrat, are you watching this and going, boy, he's got he's got his shit together here. Boy, Joe Biden, wow, that guy is really, like, he's on it. Anyway. <laughs> We went for two reasons. One, to... Come on, man! <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple questions. But the nature... Not... Representative... Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Um, uh, um, what am I doing here? I'm talking. Uh, yeah. I got hairy legs that turn. That, 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 that. Thank you for tolerance for listening to me. I appreciate it very much. What? Unbelievable. And by the way, the former president of the United States had a supercut at a rally 
about the current president of the United States and his gaffes. That is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, by, look, I've been to Trump rallies. I've covered them. I've been in there in attendance. And they're really funny. They're comedy routines. They're improv. Like, there's some favorites. He did the, you know, drain the swamp and build the wall from back at seven years ago. But that's a comedy routine. And to do that, oh, my God, is that, that it's hilarious. But that's also your president. How scary is that? Remember what they said for so many years that, oh, you know, Trump, he, he's, uh, that's the guy who has the nuclear codes. He could, he's so, uh, how many new wars did Donald Trump start? He continued wars. I'm not happy about that. But how many new wars did he start? Eh, not, not really any. I don't think any. Yeah, conflict still happening in Yemen during his time. And of course, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia, all this was going on. This was still happening. I, I get that. It is not above criticism, especially for me. But the current president of the United States is clearly in the throes of some mind-altering disease that's not going to get better. This is a case of a man, or anybody who has that kind of dementia or Alzheimer's, you're not getting better from it. You're just going to get worse. It's just some days are probably better than others. Oh, you know, Tuesday, he was, oh, he's really bad. He didn't know who I was. He was yelling at people. Wednesday, however, he was he was good. He was in better spirits. He was up. He's, uh, he was watching uh, Mayberry RFD on TV. Uh, no, yeah, no, it's on, uh, it's on, uh, not, it's not TV land. It's one of the other channels that, uh, it's like the uh, channel 3.4 <laughs> on the digital readout. You know, it's it's one of those cases of this is your president, but who's worse? Now, for a long time, uh, or at least in the last you know almost two years, you would say who's worse. You say, well, yeah, you don't like Joe Biden, but Kamala Harris. Is, here's the here's where I'm going to counter that. Is who would you rather have as president, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris? And I'm going to tell you this right now: give me Kamala Harris any day of the week, and here's why. Because even her own party doesn't like her. The only people who like her are the same people who go see that Bros movie by Billy Eichner. Those are the only people. They're guilty white women who are so happy about having a person of color as their vice president. You know, as a woman and a person of color, I... Those are the only people. Even black people didn't vote for her. They don't like her. They don't care for her. She was a cop, essentially. And she fucked her way to the top. Whether it was whether it was Willie Brown or Montel Williams or any, she fucked her way to the top. She's not a person of color. She didn't know the grow up in the hard streets of South Central. No, she didn't listen to Tupac and Biggie and was smoking weed in those days. No, she grew up in Canada and actually came from pretty well-to-do background. She's virtually not black. <laughs> Yes, she, she is of color, but she's not. You ain't black. Oh, by the way, remember that? Three years ago when she accused Joe Biden of racism about busing? You know, I was one of those little girls who was bussed around from different towns. because, And it's because of you and your busing. And then all of a sudden, ah, now we're all, we're all good pals. You know, me and Mama. Mama Lair. 
Then here's Kamala Harris. This is her on uh, Seth Meyers' show the other night. This is just classic talking about. Uh, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't know what she's talking about. But I mean, truly, when you, you know, when you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children. They are the children of our country, of our communities. I, I mean, our future is really bright if we, if we prioritize them and therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to address it. But what? 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 Let me read that again. I don't need to play it. I, I want to read that so you know what she's saying. When you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country, of our communities. I mean, our future is really bright if we prioritize them and therefore prioritize the climate crisis. That was a 21-second clip, and I still don't know what the hell she was talking about. She is so... I, I this, this isn't my perspective. Somebody else has brought this up. There are a couple of people... But she clearly is trying to find, she's fishing out her Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. She wants that quote where it's going to be up in history. You know, we, you know, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Ask not what our country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And uh, all of the four score and seven, we the people in order to, she wants the, you, you know, the thing. She wants her name and a quote attributed to her. And we will all look back. I have a dream. That's what she wants. She wants her I have a dream speech. And she doesn't have it. So she's fishing for some kind of catchy quote, like a punchy, catchy quote that she can get out there and it's emblazoned on a, a bronze statue in San Francisco next to Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein and in the the Gettys and, you know, Gavin Newsom and all the other, well, anyone else from San Francisco, uh, uh, Bill, Bill Graham, not Billy Graham, but Bill Graham, the rock promoter. <laughs> she's trying to find that and she's not going to get it because nope, nobody really likes her. Nobody on her own party really cares for her all that much. So when you talk about the parties in general, I'm broadcasting out of Ohio and there's a Senate race that's going on that's kind of interesting. Now, there's one next to us that's even, I would say, even more interesting because you have you have Dr. Oz, who's a TV-grifting Republican doctor. And even conservatives, anybody, any, everybody knows that Dr. Oz is just, he's a grifter. He realizes his career was basically wrapping up at that point anyways and decided to go all in. Because if he does not win the Senate seat in Pennsylvania, he's going to go quietly into retirement, maybe put a book out, uh, go on Fox News as a contributor, and that's about it. Then he'll ride out the rest of his life, Mehmet Oz, as, you know, hey, he's a sometimes commentator, and he'll go into a slow retirement like Dr. Fauci is going to. And then you have John Fetterman, who is apparently has a profile in the New Yorker, which you want to know where their politics are. John Fetterman, who was the mayor of, was it Braddock, Pennsylvania? That's a, a town of like 2,000 people. He was living at home. He's got all these tattoos. He's he, he had a stroke. He can't speak. He can't string together a sentence. He makes Joe Biden sound coherent. That's how bad this is. 
and yet it's coming down to the wire in that race. That's embarrassing. Is that the best you can offer Pennsylvania? My God. Are you kidding? At least the governor's race is a little bit more interesting between Mastriano and Shapiro, but holy mackerel, that's Senate race. And this is where Republicans always shoot themselves in the foot of looking at cult of personality. And I mentioned this on Monday's podcast, is when you start seeing cult of personality, just because they're of a certain stature of celebrity, whether it's a hip-hop artist like Kanye West, or a football player like Herschel Walker, or a TV doctor like Dr. Mehmet Oz, I understand why you want to go all in on that, but uh, you're normally going to live, you're, you're going to, you're really, if you're going to die on that hill, then it's, chances are it's probably not going to work out for you all that well. And look what's happened, is that Republicans had a real, real shot. If you put out decent candidates for Senate, you're taking over the House and Senate in 2022. It looks like the House is going to the Republicans in a big way. Senate is up in the air. And especially in Pennsylvania and Ohio, which are two races that are going to that they're fighting for that other Republican seat because in Ohio, Rob Portman stepped down. And so it's either Democrat Tim Ryan from the Mahoning Valley area or J.D. Vance, who grew up in Middletown, Ohio, which is halfway between Cincinnati and Dayton. And this race is getting very interesting. And uh, truth be told, I've had the opportunity to talk to both gentlemen in the past. Uh, I have interviewed Tim Ryan several times. And I've had J.D. Vance on this podcast a couple of times. If you want to go back in my archives, it's there. Just look it up. Check your brain. Tony Mazur, J.D. Vance. And I talked to him a little over a year ago about a lot of these issues. And Tim Ryan, here's the thing about Tim Ryan. 20 years ago, he was this up-and-coming young Democrat from the Mahoning Valley area, a hardworking blue, you know, all the cliches, the hard hats, the lunch pail, first one in in the morning, last one to leave and shuts the lights off, all that, you know, all the cliches. That's where Tim Ryan's from. He's from Steel Country. He's from the, where, you know, the Lordstown auto plant. And in that time, since Tim Ryan has kind of risen his popularity, he's, he's not an outstanding politician. You know what he is? He's an old school Democrat who leans wherever the Democrat Party tells him to. In fact, there was even an ad where it says that he agrees with Nancy Pelosi and his party more than his own wife. How sad is that? And, and, and put that out as a positive. That's a positive ad for Tim Ryan. How is that a positive? <laughs> you a moron? Yes, he is. Tim Ryan, he, every so often he has a clip that goes viral because he goes on the, uh, on the House floor and he starts yelling. He does this yelling thing where and pounds his fists. It's all it's performative. We all know it. And he does this thing. It's like because because he has this uh, this accent, this. Uh, hey, I'm a Midwestern. I look at me. I'm a regular guy. Hey, I'm Tim Ryan. Look, look, I I know how to throw a football with the spiral. Look at my TV commercials. You know, J.D. Vance, this vulture capitalist from San Francisco. He's and again, I'm not saying J.D. Vance is the end-all be-all for the Republican Party. I, I think, again, you're getting a guy who's a first-time politician who made his bones because he was from you know, rural, rural America, rural Ohio, and, and had a mother who had an opioid problem. 
apparently has been clean for about seven years now, wrote a book about his experiences, which was turned into a movie starring Glenn Close and Amy Adams. It was a pretty good movie, too. And he ends up latching on to Peter Thiel, and yeah, he's a multimillionaire and lives in, I guess he moved back to Cincinnati. I'm not saying that J.D. Vance is going to be the the guy, uh, but Tim Ryan, there's a reason a lot of people in his district, in his area, that were so, for so long, there were union blue-collar Democrats, voted for Trump both times in 2016 and 2020. That's a, that's a blue area that turned red. And that's because of Tim Ryan's policies. That's because of Sherrod Brown's policies. That's because of the, the absolute failure of politicians in that area to do anything for their, their people. But the unions keep... I, I know this because I know people who work in unions where they said, well, you know, we're not saying you should vote for Nan Whaley for governor, but this is who the union recommends. And we're not saying that you need to vote for Tim Ryan for Senate, but the union, he's pretty consistent with what he wants to do to help the union. I can't believe we're still falling for this. Like, it's the, it's the 50s still. It's not the case anymore. So... Monday night, Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance had a uh, had a debate, and here's the problem with debates nowadays. And this is why this is why I can't stand them. I, I watch them. I'll argue with the TV, but they're largely it's just bullshit. Because no matter what, you're gonna think your side won unless your candidate had a terrible performance. And I'm talking about. Obama 2012 performance, that first, do you remember that? That first debate against Mitt Romney. And Obama blamed he had, uh, he, he was a little tired, you know, he's been on a lot of planes, he had jet lag, and he just, he didn't have his best debate, but he'll come back and debate number two, it'd be a lot better. And so, but other than certain cases, you're always going to think your candidate, your preferred candidate owned the other guy, the opponent. That's, it was always so funny when you would see these videos that would come out like of a Ben Shapiro type. Where ben Shapiro owns blue-haired millennial at a college campus. But if you talk to blue-haired millennials at a college campus, they would say, blue-haired millennial owns Ben Shapiro. And like, well, Then we're, we're living in two different universes. If we both saw the same debate and came away with different opinions of what we saw, then we're, we're, it's pointless. This whole thing is pointless right now. So here's Tim Ryan versus J.D. Vance the other night in a debate in Ohio. So listen to this. Look, I've always believed in reasonable exceptions. This is a misrepresentation of my view. But let, let, let's hear it from me, not from Congressman Ryan. Uh, I, I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what's that, what that's like for the girl, for her family. God forbid something that, like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case. Because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? 
The thing the media and Congress and Ryan, they talk about this all the time, the thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. Ooh, wow. That's the first time I've heard anybody really talk about that at a level. Because I've been seeing these ads about J.D. Vance is uh, supporting an uh, abortion. Uh, that story went away pretty quick. And now they only bring it back and they bring up one detail. Which, by the way, let's be honest here. In that case, the 10-year-old girl in Ohio who was raped and had to go to Indiana to cross state lines and get an abortion. She didn't have to cross state lines. There was a lot of stuff that ended up happening with this, and what it came out was, not only was the the guy, the rapist, an illegal immigrant, he was the boyfriend of the mother of the girl! Yeah, we have a problem with illegal immigration in this country. And uh, I guess there's going to be another, I, I, don't, I think it's in Nantucket. I think Nantucket is going to get another shipload <laughs> or plane full of uh, immigrants that are heading up there. We have a real problem. And I always hear these, well, 11 million illegal immigrants. Yeah, I've been hearing that that figure for like 25, 30 years. I, I, I kind of think it's a lot more than that. And it's been emboldened. But in... Kudos to Tim Ryan, who actually disagreed with Kamala Harris and said, yeah, we do have a problem on the border. We do have a border crisis in this country. So it's, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know where this election's going to go. It seems like J.D. Vance probably has a leg up and is probably going to win that Senate seat in Ohio. So it's going to be Sherrod Brown and the Democrats, and uh, which, which makes sense in Ohio. Because it's even though it's really, they always said it's a purple state, it's a bellwether state in Ohio. Eh, the first time the election where they voted for a candidate who didn't win, I think it's the first time since 1960 in Ohio. And uh, so you have Sherrod Brown on the Democrat side and J.D. Vance on the Republican side. That's probably what it's going to be. And I think Tim Ryan's going to be fine with that. Tim Ryan, he, he may run for like mayor of Youngstown at some point, but I think he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to become an MSNBC contributor in Washington. They're going to have him on panels. They'll have him they'll, they'll have him on Meet the Press. Maybe even will host a couple of Meet the Presses if Chuck Todd either gets let go or he's on vacation. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's getting his ducks in a row for that. Just my opinion. We're f just now less than 4 weeks away from election time, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there, but um uh, it I, seems to me that uh, in Ohio, other than certain blue areas, that uh, Ohio is a very red state. Well, actually, a lot of these states are extremely red states outside of those population bubbles. And Ohio is a big one of those cases. In fact, where I live right now, it's, uh, it's very Democrat. It's very old school union Democrats who think that it's still 1960 and the Democrats are still looking out for them. And the, Republic oh, the Republicans are for the rich. That's funny because uh, Tulsi Gabbard kind of disproved that early on this uh, podcast today. Uh, where am I at with time? Alrighty. 
Um, let me see. What else do I have on my list of things? Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, so let's uh, change gears and go to COVID. So this is from the Daily Mail in the UK. Uh, <laughs> this is just this is out this is just outstanding. Gaming can be deadly for children. A study finds. So what do they mean by that? Gaming? Like, are we talking about video games? Or is this uh, riling kids up playing Grand Theft Auto or playing Call of Duty and then they go shoot up a school? No, 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 no. Oh, no. <sighs> this is for people's hearts. Researchers, okay, it says, um, no, wait, hang on. This Daily, Daily Mail website just hits, it's 82 ads that pop up every time I try to open it. Gaming can be deadly for children. Action-packed missions might kickstart life-threatening arrhythmias in kids with undiagnosed heart issues, study suggests. The researchers are from the Heart Center for Children, Sydney, Australia. They studied 22 children who lost consciousness while playing video games. Experts said adrenaline surges from the excitement of playing can prove lethal. Uh, they're, pop they're popular for getting adrenaline pumping while carrying none of the risk of war, but playing action-packed games like Call of Duty can be deadly for children with heart conditions, scientists warn. Electronic gaming can kickstart life-threatening cardiac arrhythmias in children with no history of health problems, a landmark study has found. Interesting. Interesting. So kids are having heart problems or dropping dead or having some kind of heart-related issue from playing video games. No. Uh, something tells me you're leaving something out. Perfectly healthy children are developing heart arrhythmias from video games. You do realize that video games, especially consoles in homes, have been around for the better part of 40-plus years now. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know about playing Super Nintendo back in the day, back 30 years ago, or playing PlayStation 2 20 years ago, or even 10 years ago playing Xbox 360. Never heard about heart attacks. And I've seen videos, even 10 years ago, of kids getting upset because of their video game that they lost, that, you know, their guy died and they throw their remote through the TV. I've seen those videos. They're kind of funny. They're either acted or really hilariously over <laughs> overreacting. I never heard anything about you're playing Call of Duty and you had a heart attack as a healthy kid. Almost like, hang on, just, just something tells me. This developed in the last couple of years. Now, what's happened in the last couple of years? Almost like that there was some kind of uh, forced shot I'm just I'm just saying something completely. Uh, PayPal, you know, if you're gonna find me twenty five hundred dollars for what you deem misinformation, then I apologize right now uh, uh, out front. But almost seems like there's this kind of like a a shot or something that was forced into kids all over because they couldn't participate in sports or go to school or be a part of civil society or have a play date with some friends and go over to a family's house because they didn't get some kind of, I guess it's considered a vaccine that was shot into their arms, I guess. And we're now seeing a lot of an uptick in heart issues like myocarditis that have popped up in the last year or so. 
Oh, and those kids also still got COVID too. It didn't really stop. Almost like that there's some kind of connection that we can make here, but you're afraid of making. Almost like that there's healthy kids that are 10 years old who were at zero risk of COVID-19. That if they got it, they got a, a cough for three days and the sniffles for two. That that was their big risk. But the risk of injecting a non-proven quote-unquote vaccine into one's arm and manipulating their genetics, that could probably have a little bit worse off effect than not being able to smell something for five days. Look, Let's see. Uh, it, we're getting to pumpkin pie season. I love a good pumpkin pie. And the smell of pumpkin, I love it. It's great. Would I rather go a couple of days without smelling that pumpkin? Or would I rather go potentially the rest of my life wondering if it was that shot the reason why I'm having such horrible heart chest pains and heart problems and that my blood pressure's up really high? Who knows? Who knows? But we're going to we're gonna say that because kids are playing video games that their adrenaline gets to the point where they're having heart attacks in their basement and we're not going to make a connection here? <sighs> Christ, people. Really? Really, people? We're, we're just not going to make that connection. Um, let me see. What else is going on here? What else did I want to go with? Um, oh, oh, this is fun. Let me see if I play, let me see if I can play this here. This just broke. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Smal, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanisation before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now, this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. How about that? How about that? Now, a lot of us kind of knew that, that that was Rob Roos, M-E-P, um, 
you're talking about why people got vaccinated in the first place. Why did they? Well, there's several reasons. One, But the biggest reason was, I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to get others sick, so I'm going to get this. The other reasons were, I'm only getting this because my mother or grandmother are older, and I've been told that this could give me an opportunity to see my parents and grandparents because it'll stop the transmission. The other one was, I will be excluded from civil society unless I get this, including at my work. My workplace is forcing me to get vaccinated or I'm going to get fired. Now, as many of us know, that all turned out to be complete horseshit. Complete horseshit. We know this. Because we were seeing this in... When did it... It had to have started late summer of 21, when you were hearing the Delta variant. Because what you were hearing about... In 2020, if you got COVID, it's because you did something bad. You were a bad... You were a bad boy. Like Kevin Brennan would say, you're a bad boy. You're a bad boy. What you did, you went to the Lake of the Ozarks. You went to Put-in-Bay at a pool bar. You went to uh, uh, you went to Florida where Death Santis is on the beach and the Daniel Ufelder, the, the Grim Reaper lawyer, who's a dope, is going out there saying, you're killing people. By what? By going on a beach, doing arguably the healthiest thing one can do, which is spread out from other people. Get some sun, get some fresh air, get some exercise. That's what you should be doing. That's what we should have been doing. That's why I couldn't stand the radio station, the media company that I worked for at the time, which was pushing for vaccines and staying home, stay safe, wear your mask, sit on your couch, don't do anything, watch Tiger King, uh, masturbate, watch as much porn as you want, uh, can't go to the gym, can't go to the salon, but go to the liquor store. And DoorDash is available, so if you want Dunkin' Donuts delivered to you, then have a pisser. That's what we were doing as society. That's what we were doing as a media company. It was absolute malpractice. I, 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 I wish there was a way we could have people sue media companies for pushing that kind of uh, dangerous, what turned into misinformation. Find them $2,500. Um, but it was kind of interesting how that all came about where if you got COVID in 2020 and into 21, it's because you went to a gathering that you shouldn't have. You did something you shouldn't. You went to a restaurant and you got COVID. How dare you? You went to the. You went. You went somewhere. Look, you need to limit your trips. You need to do. Uh, you know, you, you can't do that. And then the vaccines came out, and then those people who got vaccinated got COVID, and then it it switched from being you're a bad boy for doing something to. Guys, we shouldn't shame others for getting COVID. And then all of a sudden, from about, I would say about July and August, well into probably March of 2022, that's when all of your friends who lectured you about not wearing your mask, or about your mask was below your nose, or you didn't wear one, or, um, uh, you know, I had good friends of mine come to my wedding and walk in the house with masks on. And we said, no, take those off. You're, you are not wearing that at this at this house. It's not happening. And you know what? They had a good time. Everyone had a really, 
really good time. But they were afraid. They thought masks would stop transmission. <clears throat> they thought vaccines would stop getting you, stop you from getting COVID and spreading COVID. <clears throat> so what happened? Why did things drop? Because of herd immunity. Numbers went way down because we all got it. It's endemic. It's the common cold now. Yes, some people die of parts of the cold. It's going to happen. Uh, but that's what we have to deal with. Some people are have better immune systems than others. But, to, uh, but what they did in 2021 by forcing people to get vaccinated, and then what happened? You're now seeing a lot of side effects. That Canadian actress from a, a week or two ago that has Bell's palsy, but she's thankful she got her COVID vaccine because she didn't get COVID, and she's protecting other people around her. So, you know, things could be way worse. You know, she may have Bell's palsy and she ruined her face, but you know what? She didn't get the sniffles for three days, and that's what's more important. Amazing. Truly, truly amazing. I'm going to wrap up on this one. Um, eh, yeah, I'll skip that one. I'm going to wrap up on this one, and I'm going to narrate half of it, but... Every so often, I've played this on my podcast. I'm going to replay it again because it's a, it's a greatest hit. you got to play the greatest hit. Sometimes, you know, when you're going to see Journey live and they play don't play Don't Stop Believing, you're going to be pissed off. So every so often, you got to be reminded of something. This is a compilation. I retweeted it on uh, Tuesday. Never forget what some people did in the name of COVID. And I'm going to narrate some of it, but uh, I'll play a little bit of what we can hear. comes from China. Okay, so what we've seen so far in this video is there was a guy getting a coffee at the drive-thru and was spraying it down with some kind of sanitizer. Then the next vid next clip in the video is of a guy pointing down at those arbitrary, ridiculous stickers on the ground that said six feet of social distance. We've now learned that the social distance and the six feet thing was all made up. It was completely made up. There was like a, it was like a child thought six feet. Like 10 feet seems kind of extravagant and three feet seems kind of close. Why don't we just kind of go in the middle? Like six feet. Like the average person, wouldn't you say, especially average man, is about six foot tall. Or if the average height is a little less than six feet. So why not? It's like an extra person. It's like a car length. It's like you want to keep a car length between you. So now you have a guy who is using a hand sanitizer on his gloves while skiing. There's a, There are people walking down the street. I think they're like trick-or-treaters. And they have a rope that's attached to their waist that's six feet apart. It's good. Not yeah, so there that was a short compilation of people in grocery stores who were freaking out because somebody wasn't wearing a mask and harassing people. You want to this is what was so funny about that at the time. You had people upset about you not wearing a mask, but they made it seem like we're the ones assaulting other people because they are wearing masks. And that was a, I, I remember at the radio station I was working at in the school year of 21 to 22 we had stories about mask shaming. 
is that if we're not requiring masks anymore at some schools, but if your eight-year-old wants to wear a mask, you know, there's bullying that's going on. No, how about the fact that for over a year, for about a year and a half before, everybody else was bullying others because they weren't wearing a mask? Maybe because they were following the science and realized that the the microbes of this virus can not be trapped by your little piece of cloth, by that t-shirt sleeve that you attach to your ears, you dopes, you absolute morons. So now here's a compilation of people who got really creative, and this guy make, essentially made himself Saturn, the planet Saturn, of having a six-foot ring around him as he's walking. Now we have people who are walking around in plastic bags. They have their kids dressed up in bubbles, and plastic bags. If a guy dressed as a dinosaur grocery shopping, hazmat suits at the grocery store, NASA outfits, uh, Buzz Lightyear helmets when they're on an airplane, uh, tr- putting babies in these plastic things, uh, backpacks, <laughs> shields around people's faces. Oh, this is a classic one. Now we have masks, but, you know, remember that in 2020, if you wanted to go see your family, you know, because it was, remember, it was, we were doing a social distance, a Zoom's giving, and I had it out with a coworker, I said, it makes no sense about going to a restaurant, you have to wear your mask when you walk in the restaurant, and then you can sit down, you can wear your mask. Well, she said, well, even if I was, I haven't been to a restaurant in two years, but if I did, I would sit there and have my mask on at the table, and I would pull it down to take a bite of food and put it back on. Well, some people got really creative by cutting a slit in their mask and opening it so they can eat, and then when they're done, they don't have to keep pulling around and mussing around with the mask. It just stays up there. They just have it open enough to to eat. (laughs) And then not only that, you have masks that people are... Okay, there was yoga in bubbles, masks at the bottom of oceans, woman wearing a mask while swimming, dancing while wearing masks at a homecoming, a woman playing a flute with the mask. Oh, God. It, and this is going on. You have... Uh, athletes, you had uh, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, there's more pollution of the masks everywhere. Uh, decorating your masks, putting them on kids, putting them on your pets. Strapping. Oh wait, wait, hang on. I gotta, I gotta get this. the amount of fights that were going on because you weren't wearing your mask, that they were having robots, like those Boston Dynamics robots that were coming around and telling you, where is your mask? You need to put your mask on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is what happened. This insanity. And now those people pretend those days never existed. This never happened. 
it either never happened or it was a good thing. And look, we had to do what we had to do to get through a deadly pandemic. If it wasn't for you anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, blah, 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 blah. No. We're done here. And remember this when you go to the polls. I'm not telling you to vote Republican. I'm telling you to vote with common sense. Vote with your brain. Vote, check your brain, if anything. Vote with common sense. Understand that people like Tim Ryan, people like, uh, you know, those who went up against Tulsi Gabbard a couple of years ago in the presidential election, uh, Kamala Harris, all of them were in favor of that insanity that I just rattled off, of wearing, uh, of assaulting people for wearing masks and having it justified because you're the real grandma killer. That if I punch you, I'm just only punching you, but you're spreading and you're killing people just by you breathing without a piece of cloth on your face. Good job, people. Way to really divide the country. Use common sense when you go to the polls. Or if you don't want to vote, then that's fine, too, because I'm not. <laughs> Why don't you vote? You complain, but... Yeah, no. I don't have to. You don't have to hold a gun to my head to do that. Don't hold a gun to my head about getting a vaccine. Don't hold a gun to my head to do any of that. I can, and I will. But that's what I always say. And uh, I, I was in an argument with somebody about this last week. Uh, a couple of people, because there was a picture of a guy who's just in his car wearing a mask. He's not, he's not an Uber driver. He's not anything. He's just wearing a mask in his car. And I said, this is a mental illness. They're like, well, what's wrong with it? Well, I thought you were a libertarian. I thought you shouldn't, it shouldn't bother you. Would it? That, that's what their typical line. And I said, no, you have to call it this mental illness. You have to showcase what, how stupid that this person is to do this. You're in your own car wearing a mask. For what, do you, do you think there's a gust of COVID that's going to come down the, you know, how many knots of COVID are going to come down and infect you? But that's what they, well, why do you care? Why do you care? Well, I care because those people vote. And all those people in there have the opportunity to vote. They're misinformed. They're morons. They're dummies. And that's why it's pretty dangerous. It is pretty dangerous that these people who lectured you saying that you should wear a mask in the pool. And my honeymoon in Key West, Key West, Florida, of all places. They said, if you're going to swim, you have to wear a mask in the pool. I said, it's not scientific. They said, well, look, we're just following orders. We don't want to get shut down. At some point, you just got to say, fuck you. We're not following orders, which, of course, I jumped in the pool and didn't wear a mask and didn't give a shit because I don't care about your arbitrary rules, your anti-pseudoscience. That's what it was. All of it was pseudoscience. So who are you going to vote for the same people who, caught, who helped uh, perpetuate the COVID nonsense, who are lying to you about a, a, a woman who got an abortion, a 10-year-old who got an abortion, had to cross state lines, didn't have to cross state lines? Are you, the, the, the party that's in favor of more illegal aliens coming across the border, you, you fine with that? Okay, then fine. Go ahead, vote for Tim Ryan. Go ahead, vote for Joe Biden in a couple of years. Vote for John Fetterman. Fine. But I, I'm not, and again, I'm not telling you to vote for J.D. Vance. I'm not telling you to vote for Doug Mastriano or Dr. Oz or any of these people. Just use common sense. Because clearly, common sense has not been at the forefront in today's society, in the, especially in the last couple of years. All right, uh, I, uh, I'm done here. Where am I? Oh, over an hour. Good Lord. I thought I was at like the 50-minute mark, but uh, I guess I'm over an hour. I talked a lot more COVID than I thought I was going to. So I appreciate you folks for listening. 
This uh, podcast, again, is out for free. If you want more podcasts like this, and by the way, not all of my podcasts sound like this. I don't always do news and talk COVID and talk Joe Biden or anything. Sometimes I do. And other times I have sports and I'll tell radio stories or comedy stories or whatever the case is, whatever's popular, whatever's going on. I can talk about it. So not every podcast is going to be like this, but I hope you enjoyed this one. And if you do, and there's more of that at patreon.com slash Tony Mazer. And if you're on Patreon, you're listening to this. Thank you, as always, for your support. And uh, I will talk to you folks. And oh, yeah, again, uh, the AMA, ask me anything. Go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazer and say something in the comments, and I will answer it at a podcast later on this week. So for myself and for Tony Mazer, I'm Tony Mazer, and thank you for listening to the Check Your Brain podcast here wherever you are listening to this fine podcast, and uh, keep supporting me because I need to continue paying off my credit card bill.